Welcome to Rex Factor! This week, the Scottish Grand Final Results! With your hosts, Graham Duke and Ali Hood. Hello. Hello. And welcome to the final episode of Series 2 of Rex Factor, the Scottish Playoff Results. Last episode of this series. Uh, how long have we been doing this series? I ask you that quite a lot. But it's, uh, it is quite scary. It's a few years. I was trying to find an episode the other day, and I clicked on a year thinking, God, this was ages ago. I think I was looking for Charles II, and I thought it must be this one. And then it was about halfway through the Scottish series. Really? And I was like, Whoa. we've been doing this a long time. Mm. Both of our children were yet to be born when we started. Yeah. Gosh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, by, by a number of years. Yeah. Wow. Big life changes. Anyway, people don't care about that. They yeah. want to find out who has won Scottish Rex Factor. So, first off thought it might be helpful to have a bit of a recap so we had 13 scottish rex factor winners which is a bit of an awkward number mm. we decided we needed 12 to make that easy to divide so the top seed robert the bruce got a buy straight through to the final good idea and then we had three groups so in group a we had constantine the second malcolm the third alexander the third and james the second and the winner was ali no idea. Constantine the second. In Group B, we had Kenneth the second, Malcolm the second, David the first, and James the fourth. Any suggestions on that one? Alexander. It was James the fourth. And finally, Group C: Kenneth McAlpin, Alexander the second, uh, Mary Queen of Scots, and James the sixth. Uh, Mary Queen of Scots. Mary Queen yeah. of Scots, indeed. So our f- grand final would be between. Oh, Mary Queen of Scots, Constantine the Second, Robert the Bruce, mm. and James the Fourth. So, and James the Fourth is the one that I keep thinking is called Alexander. Who is Alexander? Is the bootical man who didn't get in? That was Alexander Third. Yes. You also kept talking about Malcolms and Davids. Oh, and forget <laughs> that. I'm never going to get my head around that. But I reckon I've got this one. Uh, now, mm. originally, in the first round, the voting was determined by me, Ali, and the rest of the world. All of us combined decided who would get into the grand final. Mm. For the grand final, however, Ali and I have been disenfranchised. The vote is entirely down to you, the public. We're a backup, though, aren't we, in case there's a split, a in, tie? In case there's a tie, then Ali and I would sweep in and... Save the day. Save the day, exactly. But who is it going to be? Who is going to be crowned the Scottish Rex Factor champion? To find out? Well, before we find out, we've got another result to reveal because our Privy Councillors have been doing another vote to determine the best death in the Scottish series. Oh, yeah. Best deaths! So, uh, 60% of Scottish monarchs died violently. Mm, that's surprisingly low, I think. 33% in battle, 17% were assassinated, mm. 5% died by accident, and 5% were executed. Who died by accident other than the bootical man? Well, we'll find out. Oh, okay. A few of these, I think, were accidental. <laughs> so, Privy Councillors voted to decide who were the top 10 
uh, best deaths in Scottish history. Yeah. So, in reverse order, in 10th place, we have Margaret the Maid of Norway. Oh, death by boat. Death by boat. Yeah, seasickness. Lovely. Poor old Margaret. Um, not really a funny one, that. A small girl dying of seasickness. So that came quite solidly last. An average of uh, 8.12 as a position out of 10. Oh, okay. I mean, I w- would have voted for that one, I think. <laughs> In ninth place, we had Duff with uh, an average of 7.06. Hall burning. No. Oh. Duff was killed by brigands in his bed because his bodyguards were too busy in games, plays, and feasting. Oh, yeah. And his yeah. body was then hidden under a bridge. Under and a the bridge. whole kingdom was in darkness until it was found. Yeah. Rubbish hiding place. Yeah. In eighth place, we had Alexander II. Not the one you're thinking of. He got an average of 6.97. He was visited in a dream by various saints warning him not to invade the Western Isles. Yeah. He did it anyway, yeah. and he was struck down. By saints. Saints or just being a bit ill, but either way. Yeah. All a right. bit of a good story. <laughs> In seventh place was Cullen with 6.39. He was the whole burning. Yes. Yes. He uh, yeah. assaulted a princess of the Britons, so they locked him in a house and burnt it down. Seems reasonable. In sixth place, we had Indulf. He got an average of 6.27. He had won a skirmish against the Vikings. Yeah. But he got a bit overexcited. Well, effectively, he got a bit overexcited, took off his armour, ran after the Vikings, and then a Viking on a passing ship shot him with a dart. Ha! Probably means an arrow, but do quite like the idea of just Vikings playing darts with uh, Scottish kings. Goodness me. Well, firstly, great shot. Mm. Secondly, fool. (laughs) I can't remember that. How was he quite early? Yeah, he's one of the early ones. There's not much information on him. Uh, in fifth place, we have Malcolm the mm. Third. Uh, he got an average score of exactly six. Um, he was besieging the English at Annick, and then an Englishman came along into the camp, pretending to be handing over the keys to the oh, castle. Yeah. So Malcolm comes out of his tent, no armor on, says, "Oh, thank you very much. I'll take those keys." <laughs> and the guy just runs him through, and the Scots are defeated in battle, and it's all a big disaster. What happened to the man who ran him through? He probably got away with it. Really? I'm imagining it's a bit like, you know, in Band of Brothers, when um, Spears just runs off by himself. Um, oh, yeah. And the Germans and just don't shoot because mm. they're just so surprised that mm. they don't react. I imagine it was a bit like that. In fourth place, it's Alexander the Third, with an average of 4.57. He was the one who rode through the night for his booty call with his right. new 18-year-old bride but fell from his horse, broke his neck, leading to a succession crisis and ultimately the Scottish Wars of Independence. I do love that one. I do love that one. And very important, of course. Very important, Mm. indeed. Now, third place. It is James the Second. Tennis balls? Not the tennis balls. James the Second, with 4.04, was blown up by his own cannon. Oh, yeah. When he was doing really well as well. Yeah, therein lies an accidental death. Okay, yes. Uh, blown up by his own French cannon. Yes. Fact, he was very proud of those. Yeah, off from Burgundy. Mm. Burgundy sent them over, unfortunately. Burgundy cannons. <laughs> red. Yeah, <coughs> red. So, only two more. In second place, it was James the First of Scots. He was the tennis balls. Oh, right. So he got an average of 2.96. His rivals came to assassinate him. He was hiding uh, in the sewers, 
um, and he was oh. going to get out but unfortunately he had earlier had the sewers gated up because he kept losing his tennis balls <laughs> so he tried to get out couldn't get out and eventually they uh. discovered him hiding in the poo yeah he fought them off he killed the first guy that came down but alas mm. no he's not he was cornered like a rat in a sewer which means that the winner with an average of 2.61 could it have been anything else it's Kenneth II and death by statue it was always going to be tough to beat that at least very tough um, he was lured into a hut um, by a, a woman who he'd killed I can't remember if it was her son or her husband and there was a booby trapped statue of a young boy holding an apple Kenneth removed the apple and the apple set off a series of uh, crossbow bolts or arrows or something or other and he was filled with arrows and died and the whole contraption incredibly well hidden so that when he walked in and thought this is perfectly normal scenario <laughs> yeah. a statue inside a house with an apple mm. not leaving it there thought I will have that apple yeah death I've it's uh, uh, inexplicable though I would like to try and recreate that statue mm. with like nerf gun yeah. instead perhaps <laughs> yeah. and uh, the uh, the woman Fenella escaped mm. and the bodyguards when they realised what happened didn't know what to do so they burnt down the nearby town yeah I mean if if in doubt in this series burn it you've got to do something haven't you mm. anyway that is the best deaths in the Scottish history Kenneth II not surprisingly I think was the winner with the statue but yeah. I think it's now time for the final final okay. results who okay. is going to be crowned the Rex Factor champion Ali doesn't know the results I've got them here but Ali doesn't know so it's going to be news to him and news to you let's find out who has won Scottish Rex Factor okay in fourth place Mary Queen of Scots ah uh, you know do you know what this feels like <laughs> it feels very relevant feels a bit like England in the World Cup we're in the third place playoff against Belgium a team who have already beaten us in this competition yes it's so pretty much always likely might have come forth but we there was hope and I was sort of hoping Mary might have might have scaled the mountain a little higher than fourth but maybe fair enough she got to the final she did yeah. very well we got to the semis we did very well <laughs> in third place James the Fourth. Amateur your dentistry, oh, whiskey, yeah, Renaissance yeah, man yeah. died at Flodden in the final okay. charge. Yeah, that was that's surprising because I think he's sort of more how we'd imagine a king being all chivalrous and mm. he's more in the Edward the Third vein. Yeah, it was a lot. Of, he's got the Edward the Third chivalry stuff, but also a bit of the fun Charles the mm. Second stuff yeah. going on. Yeah. I mean, you know, he got a lot of votes. He got a lot of. Uh, positive comments as we'll mm. see about him but he wasn't the winner which means that the champion of Scottish Rex Factor will be either Constantine the second or Robert the Bruce <laughs> I can't stand it's like mm. X Factor oh I see what we did there <laughs> <laughs> I can reveal that the winner of Scottish Rex Factor is Robert the oh, Bruce. Oh, <laughs> Kel surprise. But well done, Robert. 
uh, well done, Robert the Bruce. You are the Scottish Rex Factor champion. Mm. There he is. There he is. Look at him. He looks good, doesn't he? I mean, yeah, he does look great. He does, and his picture on the cards. It was always going to be a tough group. It's like Dancing Robot Man. Yeah, I mean, amazing. Yeah, so Robert the Bruce, uh, probably the the favourite going into it, but it was an interesting vote in terms of uh, how it all finished. I've got the uh, stats here. If I just load that up for mm-hmm. everybody to see. Robert the Bruce came top there with 34% of the vote. Very close in second place. Constantine the second with 27%. Ooh. James the fourth, 26%. Those two. Oh, wow. Really, really tight. Oh, gosh. So, I mean, in, in many ways, Robert was so far and away the winner in early on in his score mm. and in people's... Uh, you know, everyone knows Robert the Bruce in yeah. Scotland. That that as a second place is terrifically interesting. Constantine it is. Or James. Constantine James, and it's also interesting. You know, thirty-four percent, twenty-seven, twenty-six. That's actually not a massive victory. I think Henry the yeah. Second got like over fifty percent of the vote in the English yeah. final, but here with uh, with the Scots, you know, it's not a photo finish for mm. Robert the Bruce, but it's still actually it's closer than one might think. Closer yeah. than you might have thought, and Constantine. Uh, has done very well there. I did think, listening to the episode, that it felt like Constantine had come out of it. Yeah, yeah. I, well. I think I had a late flurry for James. Mm. Uh, but, yeah. he. I mean, Constantine was just so impressive, wasn't he? To, mm. to be able to actually, in that sort of age, give it all up for a bit. Yeah, to Amazing. retire. Yeah. So, Robert the Bruce is a Scottish Rex Factor champion. Second place, Constantine the second. James the fourth in third place. Mary Queen of Scots a little bit behind in fourth place. But still, she got 13% of the vote. Which she did. It's not bad. Some other news for Rex Factor. Next up, podcast-wise, immediately next up, there's going to be an episode um, on what ultimately turned out to be my trip to Warwick Castle. <sighs> I can't pretend to be anything other than majorly disappointed <laughs> about that. At least yeah. had to record his reaction to me saying that phrase quite a few times now. Doesn't get any easier. But yeah, I got to uh, stay at Warwick overnight and just experience all of the amazing stuff that they've got going on. Um, you'll find out why Ali wasn't there, but he he's a bit disappointed about it. Well, um, at least you had a terrible time. That is... Uh something um anyway so i talk all the stuff i got to do at warwick um, what it was like to stay there uh, and also uh, we've got a couple of interviews with um the person that organized uh, scripted rather the jousting uh, event that they've got there which is based on the wars of the roses and also the castle's historian anyway but, 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 yeah we're hopeful to do more of those but that will be our next media episode but i'm sure a uh, question a lot of people are asking uh, and indeed we've already had one on twitter and some others what are we going to be doing for series three of rex factor mm-hmm. had quite a lot of suggestions come in but i can reveal that our third series will be on da, 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 da. the queen and prince consorts of england so henry will get six episodes maybe more actually Henry VIII will not get six episodes Henry VIII's wives will each get an episode because you see this is the kind of thinking we're trying to break down here (laughs) exactly Uh, because we're going to be doing all of the mainly queens but there are a few uh, prince chaps in there as well so these are the people who are married to the monarchs so we're kind of going back 
in a way to what we did in the first series mm. but from a very different perspective so we're going to be obviously focusing on the queens and the prince consorts um, a lot of times that will involve foreign princesses so we'll actually in their backgroundy stuff we'll maybe get to learn about some of the european courts might be a nice little slide into exploring some european monarchs in the future indeed um so we'll learn what those courts are like why it was that the those people married into the english royal family mm. uh, and the influence that they had because it was something that we enjoyed when we were doing the english series that there's so many of these queens that had a really interesting life yeah a major impact on yeah. what was going on in the events yeah and uh, or those that we hadn't found out yet will think actually maybe that decision was a little bit more behind the scenes than we thought yeah exactly so that's going to be a lot of fun obviously looking forward to uh, Henry VIII's six wives as Ali has mentioned Eleanor Aquitaine I think is one that a lot of people are going to be looking forward to with uh, confirmed bachelors like William Rufus yeah will we do, do any of the scandalous lovers I suppose we need to they need to be married don't they they need to be married okay. so um, whether or not we get to do stuff for the Privy Chamber or specials but oh. we will only be reviewing in the main series actual consorts so if the monarch doesn't have a consort then uh, there's no episode okay there yeah and we just skip to the next one but if you're in the Privy Chamber you might get a little bit of mm. by but that it, I mean extra episode but it's interesting like you said Henry VIII obviously there are six wives mm. but then you get obviously Elizabeth I yeah lots and lots of suitors no actual consorts. It's strange to miss her out, but I think it's got to be done. So it works. Mm. Like, who's the first queen as such that we really know about? Well, so the, f- the first person will be Alfred's wife, Elswith, but we know very, very little about her at all. Right. So the first one who's actually crowned is called Elfrida, huh. and she married Edgar the Peaceable. She's the first one. Oh, God, I know. Uh, so he's coming back, isn't he? Mm, he is coming back. He is certainly coming back. I hadn't considered that. We're going back to the Saxons. There's going to be more Dunstan. Dunstan definitely has um, strong roles with some of these figures. All right, I've got a couple of months to prepare. So that is what we will be doing next in terms of our main uh, series. We might have a bit of a gap at that point because um, it's difficult for us to just go straight in from one series to another yeah. we need a bit of a break yeah been a long been a long series and we now both have uh, little people in our lives mm, yeah babies too uh, but um, immediately as I said we've got a Warwick Castle episode coming up for you uh, the animated show we've not been talking much about recently well we've been doing the playoffs mm. but that is progressing very nicely and we're very very near to that being finished I mean we've just this well not this moment but maybe an hour ago we were going through the final little touch up bits it's, it's, and it's looking fresh yeah so uh, Tom and Mike at Tim Mouse they've finished the animation so the actual animation now is completed Ali and I have just been saying a few words mm. to uh, <laughs> never has uh, the um, have words lost meaning quite so quickly <laughs> it did sound what, like what you'd lost control one? it was something which involved comma though and then yeah, it sounded badly. like Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Badly. you sounded like you couldn't remember what the word though so meant. It's, it's horrible, isn't it, repeating things? <laughs> Particularly when it's out of context and we couldn't mm. remember what we actually Baddy said. Baddy though. Baddy though. <laughs> it's rubbish. Uh, yes, so we'll obviously let you know um, when that is completed, completed, and when we get to launch it, but it's coming along really, really well, so really looking forward to that, mm. which will be coming along in the next mm-hmm. few months. Um, special episodes we will be trying to catch up on 
in the next few months because we've got quite a few uh, as a backlog. Mm-hmm. Our next one is going to be on the death of Amy Robsart. Yeah. That's going to come out after our little thing on Warwick Castle. Right. Okay. But then after that, a few people have been asking what more, uh, what other ones we've got coming up. So I actually thought I'd just list them. I'm enjoying it. I don't know. We've got the Maoris and uh, a visit to Queen Victoria. Okay. We have the Empress Matilda. Brilliant. Uh, The Duke of Marlborough, who is uh, the uh, sort of general under Queen Anne that ultimately defeats Louis XIV. Oh, right. Ancestor of Churchill. Uh, Chateau Gaillard uh, Richard's pad Yeah, yeah Special episode in a lovely French castle Sulla Roman chap mm. uh, The American Revolution Oh that'll be good That's going to be tough isn't Yeah that's going to be an epic one for research uh, David Ricardo Who is an economist Oh Sounds like a Formula 1 driver uh, The Royal Society Nice Horatio Nelson Biggie And the Great Fire of London Massive Hmm Burying cheese as far as I recall. Indeed, Mr. Peeps. So yeah, those are all of our special episodes. We're also hoping uh, a long-promised Christmas special. Are we? Yeah, I mean, I started doing the research last year and then... On what? Christmas. Christmas and Royals and that sort of thing. I think it was originally... It was going to be when Rue was coming along and then Mm. it was like, we've got that coming along, we can't do that. And then mine... Came the year after. Coming near Christmas, so... Let's hope. How long? How long <laughs> have we got to get another one out? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and something else. To, oh, and the Game of Thrones. Are we doing a special episode uh, on Game of Thrones and comparing uh, the Game of Thrones characters to real life? Yeah. History peeps. Which I didn't realise was a thing mm. until uh, I started watching Game of Thrones and mentioned all my favourite characters, and you pointed out that they exactly mirror my favourite actual historical (laughs) characters which must mean that I actually value those qualities of person which is a terrible thing (laughs) because they're not nice people (laughs) you're not nice people so we'll be trying to do uh, the Game of Thrones ones we'll be looking at for um, when the last series comes out next year the Christmas one we'll see if we can do it this year if not maybe maybe Mm. next year be done by Christmas okay but which Christmas? <laughs> yeah, like the first one. You'll be home by Christmas, just five years' time. Mm. Uh, now, something uh, which people will have seen was that we did uh, an interview with Viral History. That was brilliant. So that was on YouTube, and that was the first time we did reveal what we were doing for season three. Yeah. But they've also done another video with us, which was a history quiz. I, f- I feel like we smashed that. We did really well. Yeah. Yeah. I was really pleased. So, if you haven't seen that, then I think we've got links to it on probably Twitter and Facebook, and I'll put it on uh, WordPress. But, yeah, it was, I think, about 20 questions. Yeah. It started a bit hard, got easier. Admittedly, at some point, they switched to, like, primary school (laughs) questions, I think. Yeah. But they uh, uh, edited out quite good deduction by Graham I mean we won't reveal the answer but there's one about cathedrals where we we were you know we were going in one direction and then pulled it back and that was a yeah it was very good that was a great moment so check out our original interview if you didn't see it and the quiz that we've also done and look Mm. at all their other videos they were a lot of fun really enjoyed doing that and something else we're going to be looking at this year we're looking into the possibility of doing some live shows oh I am so excited about this so Rex Factor Live, looking to do a little uh, <laughs> little UK tour, dipping our toes in the water yep. of live yep. shows. Not live in the sense that we're doing now, but actually going to a venue yeah. and people coming along to it. So we'll obviously let you know when that is, because we'd hope that people yeah. will want to get tickets to it. But, 
yeah, we're looking forward to that. It sounds really, really exciting. But we do need to... We're at the stage of working out where to go. Yeah. Uh, and in talking to people who organise this and actually know what they're talking about, mm. seems like we'll do a go up sort of the backbone of the country, perhaps. But, you know, if all of a sudden we have 100 people from Bristol saying, you must come down this way. Uh, yeah, so those are all the things that we've got coming up i'm so excited about the live stuff graham yeah i've got some ideas i want to talk through with you after this actually oh yeah yeah we've got to figure out what we're actually going to do yeah but if you've got suggestions just let us know we i mean we're at that stage where we can definitely well we can possibly work them (laughs) in (laughs) (laughs) whatever you suggest we will do it (laughs) gladiators brilliant (laughs) oh that would be awesome oh wouldn't it people dressed up as monarchs on the travelators get an actual fight off between uh different monarchs so uh, Rob the Bruce is the champion mm. but shall we find out why people voted for who they voted for yes please so Mary Queen of Scots yeah here in Germany if you ask anyone in the streets what first comes into his or her mind when you mention Scotland it's either men wearing kilts Mary Queen of Scots or the Highlands that's probably true of most places I reckon uh, though I'm surprised about Mary Queen of Scots I think I think she's thought of as now I know what this is going to sound like. Quite English, given her name. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the name's a bit of a giveaway. It is a giveaway. The older but I <laughs> nationality think, I, question. I feel like that people would think, now she's tied up with Elizabeth I somehow, mm. but I can't remember which Mary is she. That sort of thing. Uh, and she did spend a lot of time here. But regardless, well, there she goes. There mm. she is. But yeah. Uh, I couldn't bring myself to make a decision until the final day, but it has to be Mary. She's iconic. Head held aloft rather than a sword. <laughs> I know she's not going to win, but I'm doing my part to try to help Mary climb out of last place. Oh, well, unfortunately, it wasn't quite enough, but nevertheless, <laughs> worth trying. <laughs> she makes such an interesting counterpoint to Elizabeth I because her life shows what a minefield decisions around marriage were for a reigning queen in a way that never seemed to be the case for a king. She's also fascinating because her tremendous early potential was thwarted by a mix of circumstances, characters of those around her, political and religious issues beyond her control, but also her own personality and questionable decisions, all the elements of a classic tragedy. Mm. There's a reason there are poems, plays and novels and films about Mary. She's a rock star of history whose life story continues to fascinate and resonate today. It's a good summary. You could put that on the back of a biography of her in a great showdown against Henry II you need someone who put on a bit of a show he'd turn up in a sack Mary would glide in covered in glitter and jewels and distract everyone by being such good crack yeah 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 but mind you then uh, Robert would just um, decimate the population watching her (laughs) Mary Queen of Scots might not have been the best queen in the traditional sense but she's definitely one of the most interesting of the Scottish monarchs or really any monarchs she was beautiful and tragic and personally I think she deserves it on amount of personal travails endured alone Elizabeth isn't the only one who had the heart and stomach of a king Mm, yeah that's Chloe and Abergavenny the fact that she got a many part Rex Factor podcast and we didn't grow tired of her says a lot. She has everything going for her and the parts where she failed have made fantastic stories down the ages. That daring escape while six months pregnant was completely uh, badass and is something <laughs> that none of the other winners would ever have had to deal with. Yeah, 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 absolutely. It's more akin to the uh, Edward III 
escape mm. early in his life that's the thing and uh, finally Mackenzie Walton on Mary she was commenting on the fact that there were quite a lot of negative comments on Mary when we were doing the first round results mm. so she wanted to stick it up for Mary and say it's easy to come down hard on Mary but she had an extraordinarily rough road in terms of ruling Scotland she ascended the throne at six days old and then was shipped out to France as a very young girl ensuring key cultural differences between her and her subjects that inevitably caused conflict her Catholicism being one of them mm. Uh, on top of this she had to rule as a woman and I think it's easy to forget that Mary's ascension to the throne predates those of Mary I and Elizabeth I in England yeah I hadn't considered that she lived in a world where even a queen could be stalked could be terrorised by her spouse and could be coerced into marriage perhaps even raped this is just a small part of the uphill battle Mary faced when she arrived back in Scotland to rule after more than a decade away and yet she never lost fully her t fierce tenacity her determination to fight back and hold on to the power she felt was her own Mary is a remarkable person in a unique position in Scottish history and one who deserves more respect than she received and by the way Jane Austen had Mary and she's generally considered a pretty good judge of character I'm not familiar with Jane Austen but I agree with everything she's saying there Pride of Prejudice oh uh, yeah I just <laughs> never got into it never read it never never seen the films James the fourth he's written is he quite a few people uh, pointed this one out whiskey <laughs> yeah I mean that's a good point <laughs> you could have just that could be the whole episode yeah there. whiskey I rest my case mm. Uh, a link between the past and future of Scotland, both chivalrous knight and Renaissance prince, last monarch to speak uh, in Gaelic, first whiskey drinker, establishing the thistle as a symbol of the country, comfortable among commoners and nobility, not to mention personally fighting uh, medieval-style tournaments while simultaneously patronising medicine, science and arts. He was the man who brought together what all the others built up to and died fighting the English to boot. Yes, he died in battle, but it was a last glorious hurrah uh, for a time gone by and I'm sure those poor chaps struggling with the lances could appreciate it was all worth it mm, yeah I mean, well maybe not the last bit but <laughs> yeah at first I thought he seemed a bit style over substance but G-Man changed my mind about him completely when he talked about his deeds being as good as his words for me he's the whole package all the fun of the renaissance a lot of cheeky but relatively harmless scandal and to top it off he seems like a decent bloke who is up to the challenge of being king yeah, does seem like a decent bloke. I think that's where where I fell fell down. That's where I landed with him. Yeah, you want to actually yeah. meet him. Yeah, spend a bit of time with him. Yeah, Look, unlike at most monarchs through history. <laughs> Uh, James is the epitome of the Renaissance prince, chivalrous, learned, courageous and charismatic with a touch of scandal. In Flodden, James set the trend for glorious failure that have marked so many Scottish endeavours over the years, especially with our football team. Hmm. That's Martin from Bristol. Uh, Nick from Australia says, look, it's the dentistry that does it for me. I see him standing in the mountain holding a sword aloft as well as the little scrapey thing with the hook they used to take <laughs> off plaque. <laughs> I think um, he's right, though. That there's... I mean, it started off with the one word whiskey and we were like, yeah, funny, but good point. Hmm. And then there's all this excellent stuff, national identity, blah, 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 and he's a good bloke. And then there's a little Brucey bonus, there's the dentistry. Hmm. It's really good, isn't it? Uh, so difficult to choose, but James has such charisma. The idea of a medieval chivalry was so much better as a Britpop revival than the first time around. <laughs> so I, rather than the sort of Edward III period when they were really, really doing it, yeah. it's better when there's a bit of pageantry and fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, like in the 90s compared to the 60s, mm. it's a bit nicer. 
And uh, finally, to make up for calling Ali out on his cursing the last time I voted for James, I've written my brief justification in the form of a James the Fourth esque rap battle limerick. Well, I'm really looking forward to this, but when did I swear? I think it might have been because he said about poets or something. Oh. Uh, so, scene. I J- did I swear though? Not not swear, swear. I'd have censored that. <laughs> <laughs> Scene. James IV struts out on the open mic night stage wearing his battle armour with a dental lab coat on top. <laughs> his prestigious Pope hat, Elton John sized sunglasses and his penance chain draped roguishly around his neck. I want to see that. His illegitimate archbishop son walks out behind him dressed in his archbishopy garb and begins to beatbox a beat. This is a great scene. James declares... Schools and culture to people I gave. Led my army and was terribly brave. I married a Tudor, my heirs were Britain's rulers, and I never had to hide in a cave. Drops Mike at Robert the Bruce's feet. Exits dramatically. That is a 30-second short animation that is just (laughs) begging to be made. Excellent. So that's from Alex. Alex? Genius. Finally, someone, a good point, saying, I would say that the Bruce is the general and James is the administrator. That sounds like a pretty good kingdom to me. Well, yeah, but I sort of see it the other way around. I sort of see Bruce as the general, yeah, but James <laughs> as the king. Mm-hmm. Like, th- So you've got this, yeah. this harsh, uh, you know, hammer effect to go <laughs> around doing the dirty work. You've got James at the top, just, you know, being a bit cool about it all, but don't... Having fun at home. Angry. Yeah, don't, because he's got this man who can go and do the business. <laughs> so when Robert the Bruce starts sort of coming around wasting the land because the English are coming, it's like, hey man, that's not Just cool. come on, come on. Look at this sensible. fun thing, this guy's going to try and fly to France. Yeah, let's have a go. Look, have you seen the thistle? Aren't they pretty? Constantine II came in second place. Yeah. Let's find out why. First comment, Vikings. Vikings, it? yeah. Good point. Defeated the Vikings. Most people will not have heard of his achievements. His features do not adorn shortbread tins, and his story has not as yet instigated a Hollywood blockbuster. Mm. Now Rex Factor has an opportunity to right this injustice and recognise Constantine II as the best royal leader Scotland has produced. Well, it didn't didn't (laughs) happen. (laughs) He built the frickin' in-tray. Enough said. Did he? That was uh, your thing, the fact that there was no in-tray before Constantine, and he's the one actually set up the business of a Scottish kingdom. Oh, right. It's a clever point that you made. Thanks very much. (laughs) He defeated the Vikings and pretty much created Scotland. You can't really beat that. He only suffers because it was so long ago that we don't know much about him as a person. Robert, James and Mary are more compelling historical characters, but in terms of lasting legacy, Constantine wins for me. Yeah. I mean, it could be a bad a good thing rather that we don't have that much info about well exactly he might have been you know a bit of an ethel red character who's always struggling and not getting by and lots of difficult political disputes but we don't get all of that we just get yeah fascinating wouldn't it we find out that actually he had an incredibly powerful wife who (laughs) yeah well yeah uh that's some harry cliffs I've always been fascinated by those individuals who lived at a time where fact and myth overlap. Despite being defeated by Athelstan, I feel he was more of a peer to the English monarch than many of his fellow Scots kings and queens. Robert the Bruce may have defeated Edward II, but he defeated a weak English king, while Constantine stood up to one of the strongest. Who did he stand up to? Athelstan. Oh, yeah. That's from Emma Prill, who But he lost. He did, but... Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's from Emma Prill who uh, adds I drew that picture of you guys where for some reason I made you look fat <laughs> yeah thank you 
It's got to be Grandpa Gandalf. Surviving Vikings and Athelstan only to retire is not only impressive, it's amazing. Yeah. You'll definitely see him as Gandalf with a big old beard mm, and staff yeah. and all of that. Uh, we don't have the details we'd like about him, but he saw off two existential threats to a Gaelic Scotland, Vikings and Athelstan, at a time when each looked unstoppable. True, he doesn't have the great victories of the Bruce, but nobody would mistake I- Edward II for either the Boneless or Athelstan either. Mm. And after all that, he retired and died peacefully in a monastery. If we take a degree of difficulty into account, I think he was the most successful ruler of the Scots. Yeah, I mean, if we start doing uh, um, handicaps, then that's yeah, it's a tough, tough one to beat. Mm. And uh, finally, a few people made this point. I just love the idea that hashtag remember Ieth, whose reign bequeathed nothing memorable to history, would actually actually bequeath to us the Scottish Rack Factor champion. Yeah, wouldn't that be great? He didn't quite do it, but still, yeah. hashtag remember Ieth did something. Yeah, imagine. And to, think, <laughs> and to think we were bemoaning the fact that Ieth had a child because otherwise he would have got almost oh zero. yeah good point and yet yeah, here there he is. is yeah I mean uh, Ieth did bequeath hashtag remember Ieth to history he did so he did. that's something finally Robert the Bruce and well, I think on, on. oh I haven't quite finished Constantine yet oh sorry we now know why he's called Constantine the <laughs> second came in second hey, hey. that was it Robert the First, ah, okay, the Bruce, uh, and I think you know these are some good comments, which I think you do sort of after reading this thing. Yeah, you can see why it comes on top. This is a vote for all the ridiculous things that happened because of Robert the Bruce sneaking into Edinburgh Castle, literal fights at court, the Douglas Larder, taking a castle by pretending to be cows. You couldn't make it up. Oh, yeah, that's very true. That's very true. Because I, I, so much battling a success, mm. I sort of get a bit blinded by that and forget that there are those other fun bits as yeah. well. It wasn't just ba- the fact that he had Bannockburn and all this other awesome stuff. Yeah. Uh, he charged at a man on a horse and lopped his head off with a single blow. If Queen Elizabeth II did that, we'd never stop talking about <laughs> it. <laughs> very true. Yeah, can't deny that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mind you, we'd also never stop talking about it if Robert the Bruce went round with a with a beige handbag and <laughs> <laughs> shook everyone's hand. It has to be Robert. Bannockburn was such a high point in Scotland's military history with England, the Scots still sing about it in their national anthem. Mm. Yep. Very true. Last summer we visited Bannockburn and went to the simulation, which is amazing. It is amazing. Oh yeah, you did that. My daughter Eowyn, aged eight, was picked as Edward II and I her assistant as de Clifford. As it turned out, with the only military expertise learned from me playing at risk, she was able to defeat Bruce, ending the battle midway through day one with Bruce's death. I think this shows just how much he was up against it and just how big the victory was, so there can only be one winner. Or... He's the father of a military genius. Mm. I think that's more like it. He or she, I can't remember who said uh, who that was from. I don't think they did. Either way, um, I played as Robert the Bruce, yeah. and I survived. And I took on a very similarly heroic tactic to uh-huh. Robert the Bruce, which was that I hid in Stirling Castle and got everybody else to defend me. <laughs> did, and it worked. Did work. Did you win the battle? We did. I would love to do that. Oh, I'd absolutely it was so love much it. Fun. I'd like to do it though, just as a two-player. You know, you and yeah, me. I don't know if you can do it. Well, we should get a Rex to trip up there. And then have the room to ourselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Control all of the uh, yeah. all of the people. It'd be like a giant game of Red Alert. That would be awesome. Oh, how many times have we spoken about Red Alert this, this <laughs> series? 
All the other monarchs would have been all-time greats if it wasn't for one pesky thing, England. All three had their ambitions frustrated by England, and two of them were killed by England. Robert the Bruce didn't... Robert the Bruce didn't just avoid English calamity, he built his legacy off whooping the English. This puts him head and shoulders above the rest. Yeah. yeah. He is the only one that actually defeats the English. Yeah, any measure of success against them at mm. all. Well, yeah, yeah, at all, because there's uh, Brunenberg, yeah. Mm. Ugh. Robert the Bruce has the sword held aloft, winning the greatest victory in Scottish history, and we're arguing about whether he's the champion... It's like watching Lord of the Rings oh, it and, is. and struggling to decide the greatest leader of Gondor. Who's, who's Gondor? Uh, so that's... Uh, <laughs> don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> well, Boromir certainly had higher scandal and Aragorn didn't destroy all of Sauron's armies by himself, so... I don't understand these words. Point being, as you'll remember from doing the special episode on Aragorn, oh, yeah, yeah. Aragorn is obviously aws- the awesome return of the king, super heroic one that wins everybody Vigo Mortensen right Boromir's the what Sean Bean that gets killed in the first one he's rubbish isn't he he just gets filled with that what does he do he gets filled with arrows like Kenneth II but there's no statue involved well how could he be any good oh I'm, I don't want to go over this the point <laughs> yeah. being how can we possibly be suggesting that Robert the Bruce the one who's miles and miles better than all the others could possibly not be the champion got it right That I was stumbling around on the point this person <laughs> you, were. Yeah. you were you <laughs> were his efforts guaranteed that Scotland would be independent of England for another 400 years. Also, he would have whooped Edward I's butt if Edward hadn't died of fear the closer he got to Scotland to face him. That's that may not be why he died, but I challenge Ali to prove otherwise. It's interesting. Books you got over here. I like those. I'm just... I'm, I'm off, Graham. See you later. <laughs> and finally, I hate, hate, hate the fact that I've gone for the Bruce because I desperately wanted one of the more fun, surprising underdog monarchs to win but I've had to plant for the main man. Simply because, to me, he epitomises everything the Scottish has stood for for centuries. Hardy and strong, sometimes brash, but most importantly, victorious against the oldest enemy in the most spectacular way. My head has voted Robert the Bruce, even though my heart still says James. Well, I think this person... Is that the last comment? That's the last comment. I think that person... Uh, is this why you left it last? Because that, that is completely... <laughs> Um, and succinctly summed up my point of view mm. like okay yeah he's won but what about these fellas <laughs> that is the thing I think he was so good and like Bannockburn is such a phenomenal yeah. victory in Scottish history but then all the other battles you did were so yeah. cool and you know he also killed a guy in the ch- his rival in the church yeah most yeah, yeah. he got the declaration of our growth and this amazing rhetoric for Scottish independence married in Rittle married in Rittle he took a guy a guy took him on fully armoured with a lance Robert the Bruce is on his tiny pony avoided him swiped in slash took his head off took his head off could you get a cooler moment than that <laughs> yeah no you can't and that's it I think I'm, I'm actually getting blinded by success <laughs> it's just it's, and I still resent it I don't know why uh, and that was from Phil Hawkins who said I've listened from the start but never had a shout out on my favourite podcast well Phil let me just say, in the final episode of this series, I completely agree with you. We'll take That might be a good thing, you might see that as a bad thing. <laughs> but either way, 
Excellent. So let us know what you think. Was the right monarch crowned the Scottish Rex Factor champion? Uh, get in touch uh, on our various social media on Twitter at Rex Factor Pod. Like us on Facebook and join in the discussion there. Email Rex Factor Podcast at hotmail.com and go on to rexfactor.wordpress.com. Read the blogs, complete the polls. There's so much to do. There's so There's many a, things. You've got a lot of homework going. And you can also, if you would be so kind, support the podcast. See if, we play. if you've enjoyed this uh, second series, you can leave a review on iTunes and subscribe. Very helpful. Or indeed a review on whatever podcast uh, catching device you use. <laughs> I've never heard it called that before. <laughs> <laughs> like it. Uh, you can do, um, it's obviously a free podcast, but if you would like to help us with our costs, you can make a one-off donation via PayPal. And uh, thank you very much to a few people who have done so in recent months. Lindsay Hanna, Jessica Spriggings, A. Moores and Ray McCall. Thanks very, very much. It is very appreciated. Now you can also join the Privy Council uh, if you do monthly donation. Click on Be My Patron and there are various rewards for people who mm. make these monthly donations. You all get access to our Privy Chamber bonus podcasts. Yeah. Um, these we do after uh, the end of each of our normal episodes. A um, bit more information that we had to cut out. Ali does his book reviews. I've read a book. I've read a book. I haven't read it. I've listened to it. We will be doing one for the grand final results, but we've got quite a few other bits and bobs that we're doing, so it might not mm. be for a, another week or two, but we will be doing one. Mm. Um, $5 a month, you get special episode access for free. Lovely. And you can also get a mug for $10 or commission a blog for $15 a month. Brilliant. Now, we've got various new Privy Councillors to welcome. Okay. Please welcome Jack Target. Hello. Okay, I'll do it. <laughs> Sometimes you jump straight in. I do, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like, no, Jack no. gets nothing. <laughs> BFJ Burnett. Gabriella Cat. C. Smoother, or Smother, or C.S. Mother. I wasn't quite sure how to break up the initials. Gillian uh, Kuzma. Lauren Nicole Rush. Nelwyn Lamper. Stevie Florent. Uh, Siley? Kylie? Kaylee? Siley? Well, it's C.Y. Oh. Lee. Yeah, that'd be Cy, wouldn't it? Mm. Cyclones. Lindsay Walden, Dan Hartman, Jenny Morland, Chris McEwen, Wackham Carstensen, and Nigel Thomas. Thank you, one and all. Arise. This is going to be a busy knighting and queening? No, knighting and ladying? What do, what do <laughs> female knights get? Daming. Daming. Ceremony. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now we're not going to read out too many messages because um, obviously we've just read out all of those comments that people yeah. have left about mm. the uh, monarchs in the playoffs but um, this is a chap called Matt Hello, and Matt. he's from the Grim Reading Podcast ah. spelled with two M's Greetings Rex chaps from a barbaric outpost of what's now being referred to as your podcast empire we've wow. recently started a podcast called Grim Reading where two hosts read, review and rate Brothers Grim stories oh nice although it's not exactly based on the Rex format it's been very much inspired by the show and we wouldn't have taken the leap without having been fans of Rex Factor ah. we're still finding our feet but hope to incorporate as much history as possible in the series there's already a history of translations episode and we're planning a historical context on Napoleon in Germany special episode oh right oh I love the Grim story well, it's one of those where it's sort of thing where you feel like you know it, but actually yeah. you probably don't yeah. know it anywhere near as well as you think you do. There's a lot of osmosis without actually yeah. reading it them. Normally means you know the 
Disney adaptation <laughs> yeah, exactly. rather than the actual genuinely grim grim stories yeah so it sounds really interesting so if you're interested in that please mm. do check them out and Matt also has quite a good question oh seeing as both the English and Scottish series will have winners pre-union of the crowns and act of union yeah who would you pick as the ultimate British monarch so in other words from Anne and the act of union to Elizabeth II which of those is the best oh, exclusively I British see, yeah, monarch because none of them come in after that yeah can I have some time I think we'll have some time people send in su- suggestions yeah. maybe that's something that we can do a little yeah. a little special on at some that's point that's a really good question and uh, finally one of our new privy councillors mm. Gillian Kuzma I started listening to Rex Actor from the beginning a few months ago and recently started the Scottish series. The return of Dunstan has been my favourite part so far. Ugh. Sorry, Ali. <laughs> also, Ugh. I thought you'd like to know that you helped me out with some homework. I'm in graduate school studying communication, but I try to work history into my assignments whenever I can. I recently had to design a website and, after listening to your Edward V episode, chose to make one about the princes in the tower. The episode was a great starting point for my research and made the whole project much more entertaining. And if people want to go to princesinthetower.wordpress.com, then you can see what Gillian's uh, got up to. And she's got um, three candidates for um, who might have murdered them, or alternatively, did they survive or did they just die? And uh, you can vote. Oh, right, nice. So if people want to go onto that website and vote for what they think happened to the princes or to read what Gillian has put together with her research and then make their decision up, that will uh, increase their mm. numbers and get That'd an interesting, interesting outcome. That'd be interesting to see. I mean, I think it's going to be most interesting to see who comes in at second mm. because I'm pretty sure who's coming in at first. Anyway, thank you, Gillian. People uh, are encouraged thus to check that out. I'll count that because that was blah, blah. <laughs> no, I like that. It's <laughs> funny. I'll have to leave that bit in as well, then. <laughs> so, thank you very much for listening. That is the end of Series 2 of Rex Factor. I feel like we should sign off somehow, like do a mic drop, but the mics are too expensive. Yeah, and also it's carpet and they've got little things on them, so... Uh, yeah, I'll just, they'll just get snagged and I'll probably hit my own knee. Mm. On that note... Thank you very, very much for listening. We've really uh, enjoyed... Well, I've really enjoyed it. I was just... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm glad it's over, Graham to Frank. <laughs> Frank, yeah. We might have a little bit of a gap while we uh, take a bit of a break, try and catch up on some of our other special episode requests. Yeah, but ah. we've got to have a little little gap between, haven't we? We could do a li- uh, what have we been doing in the past month or two yeah. whilst we've been away, but but well. then Rex Factor will return for series three with the consorts. Yeah, don't worry. It won't be like the third Terminator film, the difficult third album, that sort of thing. Mm. It's going to be epic. Any final thoughts on uh, the Scottish series? Anything you're taking away? What have you learnt over the last few years? That I... mm, Probably that I should never, ever attempt a Scottish accent in public, Mm. let alone on a recorded medium that will be out there forever. I think also the fact that probably for life expectancy... Don't be a king or queen of Scots. Yeah. It's like being a mayor of a Mexican town. You're definitely, definitely going to die. Yeah. And violently. Yeah. I think the most important thing for us to take away, though, has to be hashtag remember Ayeth. Hashtag remember Ayeth. Cheerio. <laughs> <laughs>